guys welcome back to on she goes the podcast um we have some guests with us today that are joining us um some friends of on she goes but first uh where's myself sarita and medone and rebecca as Hi. usual and then now we have uh vivian zhang and becca ramos um thanks guys hi hi <laughs> so um before we get started on the main topic, and actually the main topic that we're going to talk about today is reverse travel. Basically what happens when you have family members or friends come to town and you kind of end up being a tourist in your own city. But uh, before we get to that, we are going to discuss some hot topics. First and foremost, well, let's first talk about the Grammys. We were just having a conversation about the Grammys, and Rebecca had a really good point about um, how they're marketing a lot of artists of color and not giving them awards. So basically they can get the, the views of them showing up to the show, but they're not giving them any awards for their performance throughout the year. Rebecca, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, but it's just like the merchandising of people of color to attract viewership and then like completely dismissing the art once it actually comes down to, you know, awards and accolades that matter. And this isn't the first time that the Academy has done that. It's not the first time that the recording uh, industry has done that, which is why, um, I think they've been boycotting the Grammys. Like, a lot of rappers have been boycotting the Grammys since the late 80s. So it's nothing new. It's just, like, I can't believe that they are still doing this. Um, and I saw on Twitter today, I forget who said it, but they said that they should make the Rock Nation brunch, like, the actual award show, which makes sense because, I mean, it gets all of those eyeballs that they would want anyways, and then they can award themselves. Do you know if they get awards at the Rock Nation brunch? Like, is it like a, hey, we're recognizing you for being an amazing artist? They might know about Maybe it. not. I've never been invited. I've never been anywhere near it. But I think it could easily pivot based on everybody that's there t into an award show. And then that way, like, make your own industry. Like, they have tried to change the streaming industry and they've tried to change the way that music is distributed so that it holds more people of color into account. So why not the awards also? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. I remember the year that Macklemore won over Kendrick Lamar <laughs> and it was like Kendrick Lamar's album, Good Kid, Mad City, was like the best. I mean, like literally, and I would say the best album across the board that year. Yeah. Because it just was so much production value, like very high production value. Um, I mean, he's an amazing rapper, but that was just, that blew my mind. I yeah, couldn't believe yeah. that. I was like, what is, who? What blew my mind or made me really frustrated with the Grammys is that like Kendrick at the beginning of the Grammys did this amazing performance. And for them to let him go out there, kill it with this beautiful, crazy, powerful performance and give it to Bruno Mars at the end, this album. Right. Really? Like 24 Karat Gold was okay, but it wasn't like, wow, it wasn't damn, you know? Like, yeah. He made a tribute album and it was a really good tribute album to New Jack Swing, but I feel like Kendrick's album actually might have evolved music and evolved culture and the conversations that we have about the way that we interact with each other. And I think that in that regard, it was a much more important album. 
Mm-hmm. I agree, one hundred percent. But I don't, and that's the thing that makes me wonder: Do they even think about that? Right. Like I was talking to somebody over the weekend, and I was like, you know, the Grammys is much of a it's a popularity contest. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day we'll end up having our own award show that'll be, you know, for people of color. That'll be like something where you actually get honored for your achievements because it it does seem very very hard for people of color to get honored. Well, and also women, like that was the biggest I think criticism the that male. came out of the Grammys was they were so hyping themselves up, like, yeah, this is the most diverse. Grammy nominations ever. We are so good <laughs> right, they that did we did that. that. And then only one woman won. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I remember, like, once uh, DJ Khaled and Rihanna and then went off, I was like, all right, well, I think that's it for us, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm good. And I changed it to uh, Love After Lockup, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is good. Real good. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll change at some point. Um, we never got a chance to talk about President Trump and his shithole country's comment. Right. Um, I can't even believe I just said the words President Trump. I usually just call him Donald Trump. <laughs> but The orange. Uh, yeah. So basically, if you don't know, which if you don't know, I would be very surprised. But Donald Trump um, was having a conversation about immigration. Um, and this was like an official meeting about the immigration policies. And um, countries like Haiti, El Salvador, and uh, African countries were mentioned. And he's like, why do we have all these people from shithole countries coming here? Why can't we get people from places like Norway? Which, first of all, Norway, why would you ever want to—I want to go to Norway. Like, why would you ever want to come here if Norway—like, if you have, like, universal health care and yeah. all these things, like— We're the shithole country. We're yeah. the shithole country. We're the epitome of, like— <laughs> Also, it's just very, it's a huge slap in the face um, to, I feel like, all people of color, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Because it feels like if you're not from a majority white country, then it's a shithole country to him. As an African-American woman, I know that my lineage is in Africa, um, and that's hurtful. I can't imagine being, like, first generation or, yeah, like, Madon here (laughs) or, you know what I mean? Or just, like, do you have any thoughts on that, Madon? Like, I see you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Found it. I was looking for this quote that I say. And it said, White House spokesperson Raj Shahat did not deny Trump's shithole remark, but instead emphasized in a statement, the president is fighting for permanent solutions that make our country stronger by welcoming those who can contribute to our society, grow our economy, and assimilate to our great nation. So that's problematic as fuck. And um, I just, in response to that, I think of the thing that... um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, he that um, immigrants we get the job done. Like it's this amazing like eight minute music video featuring four rappers from different places, and I think all of them have immigrated to the country, and it's just showing like the grit and the contribution of people who come from these places that are stimulating the economy and growing and building this nation. And mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm like, yeah, you're for sure talking about my country because my country was in the news for all the people who were mm-hmm. on boats in the Mediterranean Sea, you know, oh, like right. risking yeah. their lives um, to, you know, get more opportunity. And it's just really upsetting on so many levels. One, the assimilation piece of like, we want more people that could blend in and look like us and believe in what we believe in because... You just can't accept people who are different from you. And then the second is just this totally misunderstanding and either not admitting or not seeing all the ways in which 
all immigrants and all people from different places are contributing. And that person might not be the CEO of this company, but they're the person who's getting the shit done. And, you know, and it's just like, it is hella frustrating. Like the word assimilating really pisses me off and Mm -hmm. contribution. Like I love to link to that immigrants we get the job done video because it's so well and I was listening to another podcast and they kind of covered right when it happened Mm -hmm. the topic and they were just like well when you think about it it is so unfair for him to call those countries shithole countries because if you look at the history of those economies like the reason they're ruin in ruins is because of white imperialist countries coming in taking over wreaking havoc and leaving Mm -hmm. and then leaving them with nothing so to call a country a shithole country is such bullshit when you're the reason that country is a shithole. Like, I thought the lowest blow was his comments about Puerto Rico and his lack of action for Puerto Rico. And then for him to attack Haiti and El Salvador, I was like, there really is no stopping this man. Like, he really just... He's actually racist. Yeah. It's like, do y'all see it now? Like, he's actually racist. Yeah. And I also read that like um basically what he's trying to do at the moment is that he's trying to put a ban on Haitians from US visas for low-skilled work, which is basically what was put into place after the 2010 earthquake. And and this is Belize and Samoa are also included in this to help Haiti and to help people come to the US to get work, to get away from the destruction. So basically he's trying to put a ban on that that visa to create more jobs, which is ridiculous because In theory, the jobs that he believes Americans should have aren't these lower income wage jobs. Americans that are middle class and higher believe they're above the low wage work that these immigrants come in and serve. But like you go into your restaurants or whatever's and you expect that service. But then if all those people who are coming in serving those jobs, what happens? Then you're upset. I think what's most frustrating to me has been like people who are well-meaning, but um, I stay on Twitter, obviously, you guys all know this by this point. (laughs) And what I've seen is, like, quote, retweets and it's just like hey Trump the founders of like these companies came from shithole countries and they always try to use like Steve Jobs as an example because his family was from his dad I think was at least a a Syrian immigrant Mm -hmm. and it's like you don't have to found a trillion dollar company to be of worth to American society there's a lot of people who were born here who are who ain't shit (laughs) for lack of a better term (laughs) I got a list right (laughs) I know at least like 20 dozen people (laughs) that I could like call out and so it's like I don't it frustrates me that it's like kind of this classist implication that like you don't have to come from any country and be a doctor to be of service to the United yeah. States. Right. Like, yeah, it's really frustrating that he wants people to assimilate to what America is because right now it's not so great. It's really not. And I think that I feel like that's what I was trying to say, but you said it really well of like worth and value comes at all levels. Right. Like whether it's someone who is working at the restaurant you're going to versus, you know, someone who is running a company or is an engineer at a place, like mm-hmm. all of that is needed and, you know, to pick and choose and be like, mm, only these type of people mm-hmm. from this country matter because they're contributing at such a high level, higher than the folks right. who mm-hmm. are actually here. I would have more respect for him if he just said sorry. Yeah. Or nothing. That, yeah. Um, I want to also talk about a few other things. I want to talk about our friend Jessica Nabongo, who is another friend of On She Goes. And she sent me a article she wrote for Medium. Basically, she reached out to the Four Seasons Hotel Nevis in the West Indies. And uh, she was trying to get a, um, a complimentary stay for a trip that she was going on. Jessica has 
numerous followers. She has her own show called Catch Me If You Can. Um, she's with Global Jet Black. She writes for OK Africa. She's pretty popular, if I would say so myself. And she was turned down. Basically, they said that we reviewed her profile on social media accounts. We don't feel that the demographic was not in line with our brand. Now, see, I think this is where we have the issue because it's like, okay, it's not that you don't have enough followers, but it's the demographic of followers, which is primarily black people and people of color. And she was very uh, hurt by this. It was very like, because they do influencer marketing, but of course they do influencer marketing with mostly white women and men who are travel influencers. What do you guys think about this? I mean... It's pretty blatant to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was like a really shitty response and there is no excuse for it. But I would be curious what led them to such a strong, hateful response. Um, I've stayed in the Four Seasons only for work, but that was, of course, in Atlanta. So I don't know if they have like different international mm-hmm. crews. And of course, like you can't account for every single employee. A lot of times people like just go out of pocket, but they've been nothing but like nice, courteous, like they go above and beyond. I'm not, like, excusing what happened by any means, but I'm just thinking, like, there's three sides to any story. Mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of these situations, like, whether it's someone being dragged off of a plane, it's, well, how do you respond to the behavior of your people? Like, do you Mm -hmm. protect them or do you say, like, we don't stand for this, you know? Like, and so then that will give me an idea of, you know, where you do stand if I do want to stay at one in another place. Yeah. But it it is kind of weak, like, to specifically say like your demographics it makes me think like oh so do you believe that there's not a single person that follows her that could afford to stay right, at your hotel right. so it's not worth it 100 and like they they dm'd her an apology on behalf of the entire four seasons franchise and they basically said there was like no excuse so they said that our golden rule is like treating others how they how we want to be treated clearly we did not do that this time around and they they apologized for that and she posted it um, and they were saying, like, we hope that you accept our apology. But it still is just kind of a, it's just a reminder. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I brought it up is it's a reminder for us, too, like, as a travel brand, like, for women of color. It's like, things like this are shocking sometimes. Because it's like, now I'm like, well, how would I be treated if I went to that Four Seasons Hotel? Even just to stay. Not even trying to get a free stay or anything like that. Like, it just makes me wonder. Okay, I know we're, I know we're on the hot topics, but everything's so juicy. <laughs> um, so, Miss Monique... Ask the population of babies, my loves. I she wants everybody to net boycott Netflix because um, they offered her fifty thousand, I believe, for five hundred. Five hundred thousand. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Okay, five hundred thousand for her Netflix special com- comedy special, but they offered. I think um, Amy Schumer got paid like thirteen million. Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle got paid like twenty million. So she wants. Um, everyone to boycott, to stand with her for gender bias and color discrimination, um, to boycott Netflix. I'm curious to know what y'all think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep it cute. I think it is a systemic problem of black women being undervalued by the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Just makes me feel like this is something that is like handed down and we're just like supposed to take what's given to us and be happy about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that it's awful. I don't know if she came, she went about it the right way saying boycott Netflix um, because it, it doesn't serve her in the long run. Like, yeah. what if they what if they ended up wanting to offer her $14 million, you know, yeah. down the line? Um, who knows? But, I mean, that was her bridge to burn. 
but also Amy Schumer's special has like one star. Yeah, it's I not think that it great, has like yeah. a six percent Rotten it's Tomatoes garbage. rating. It's garbage. And so maybe they weren't willing to take a chance on another female mm-hmm. comedian because of that. I don't know. To get paid twenty four times less than That's- someone else who's awful is a uh, it's a big slap in the face, especially Huge. because she has like gotten accolades and awards within the industry. She's an Oscar winning actress. She is an Oscar winning actress. Yeah, there's really no good way to put that. There's no reason for it. It is just another thing. Like, we saw Jessica Chastain. Um, yes, she gave up. Octavia Spencer a portion of her salary, right? Well, they went into negotiations together, so they made the same pay for the same film. Even though Octavia Spencer has won an Oscar and Jessica Oscar. Chastain has mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Yeah. So, Oscar But that was awesome of her to be an ally like that, to, like, be like, yeah, I have noticed that I am getting paid five times what you're going to get paid for this film, so let's go in together and negotiate for you to make more. And that was a conversation we had like last week about this taboo when it comes to talking about salary, but it's very strategic for those that are paying your salary because then you could see somebody who's your counterpart like making so much more, but because you're not talking about it, those conversations to to get what you're owed aren't happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also makes me feel like, like even with that, it's like having the ally is really, really nice. But it just makes me so sad that it's needed. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like God, like it sucks. And I, I don't know. For some reason, sometimes I get a little bummed because it feels like nothing's ever getting better. Mm-hmm. I feel that. What makes Octavia Spencer less of an asset than Jessica Chastain? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> but then it's like it makes me think of. Okay, what would the arguments on the other side be? This person has hella more experience than you. Why do they have more experience? Because they had more opportunities. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like this fucked up cycle Mm -hmm. of like all the reasons why this person is getting selected over me or paid more than me is because of the privilege that this person had Mm -hmm. that I didn't have access to. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's it's very disturbing. It really is. Well, it, it was crazy because that help. article was like, when the interviewer asked the Netflix people, they were like, okay, so why did y'all give Amy Schumer so much more money than, you know, Monique? They're like, oh, well, uh, she has this, that, and the other. And But earlier they were like, we don't go by resumes. And they're like, okay, well... That's kind of a resume, That's right? A resume. Like you just named <laughs> yeah. what Amy Schumer has done to get awarded this amount of money for her special. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet Monique, you didn't look at her accolades and awards to mm-hmm. get awarded the same amount of money. Also, Amy Schumer hasn't been in the game nearly as long as Monique. Like, yeah. there's really no. I mean, I think it's also audience. Oh yeah. I think that Monique, they I think that they feel like Monique has a specific audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Somebody had the nerve to say like Amy Schumer had the entire white population behind her, and there's just not enough black people to watch the show at the same level. But it's like, hang on, like right. it's not just the Parkers came on everybody's TV. Oh yeah. It's like don't don't do that to her. Like she's been in stuff that is mainstream. But even if she wasn't, if you don't go by resumes, then what did you base this on? Right. Just how much you thought she was worth? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really upsetting. Okay, this is the last hot topic. Then we'll get to our actual topic. Um, there's a woman. Rebecca sent this to me. I have to talk about it because it just blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> there's a woman named Marilyn Hartman who has been in police custody several times. Marilyn Hartman managed to slip into Chicago O'Hare International Airport onto a British Airways flight to London, travel all the way to London, literally just by being white. Hang on. on. No passport. No passport. No ticket. No ticket. No boarding pass. Nothing. How, How? Just by hiding in plain sight is what they said. 
the article is like pulling attention to the contradictions there. She's only been charged with misdemeanors. She's finally being charged with a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's only because the UK was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, also, they're saying that she's mentally ill, but then they asked that she be released on her own recognizance. Y'all, I just don't even know. Like, I'm just like, oh, that, it must be nice. Because, like, I could never, like, it, I wouldn't even imagine doing that. The fact that, like, she was, like, just woke up. I'm going, I'm going somewhere. That and is crazy. that's the international terminal, too. Like, oof, that's, uh, does that's... not speak well to the security at O'Hare. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it also just says volumes about oh, yeah. the racial profiling. The audacity. Yeah, it's like the fact that you can just, the caucasity. <laughs> Wait, you gotta say that again. <laughs> the audacity of caucasity? <laughs> I mean, come on. That's the name of your book. <laughs> um, that's the name of the movie that Meryl Streep's gonna play you in. <laughs> <I just laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Right. That would never be captioned by me or anybody in this room. Yeah, heck no. Heck. They're like, the, never I feel like I get asked for my boarding pass several times when I'm rightfully in an airport. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, that happened so. to me like a couple of weeks ago um, <laughs> on the way back from Paris. And this was American Airlines, which that's beside the point. But <laughs> like I had checked in. I had gone through security. I was like at the gate and I was getting on the flight. And there was like literally they systemically pulled every non-white person out of the line for additional security. And I'm like, well, I, already, I already went through security. And she was just like. She kind of looked at me like, why are you making a fuss? We do this to everybody. So then when I go through the gate and look to the right, I'm like, they weren't lying. It was every single person who had on like a hijab or like a head wrap, like every other black person on the flight was just sitting in this line and they were all like okay with it. But I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um. So I got like this blue stamp on the back of my passport and I was just like ripped it off and <laughs> walked into the plane. What was the blue stamp for? Who knows? Double checked. Yeah. It was like the grossest experience I've ever had in my life. So it's like, you cannot do that stuff if no. you are white. I also, um, in our We Belong Here video, I wore kind of what I'm wearing right now like a well no my head wraps in my bag but I had like a head wrap (laughs) and I was like talking to Sarita like in the interview for the video that I'm like I'm so afraid to wear this head wrap to the airport because it's not something I need to wear like it's not connected to like my like culture and religion in that way and I just don't want to cause a scene when I don't have to but then after that conversation it gave me the courage to start wearing it to the airport and I've worn it a couple times um one time it was totally fine then other time they just wanted to like check it so they like made sure there wasn't anything in there and then the last time it was a whole thing I got all the extra checks talking about I was like what's that beat me she's like I can't tell you I was like no but for real I need to know she was like explosives like so yeah it was like um like, my Tims, I can't wear it through security because there's something in it that sets it off, so I know that now. But first it was my Tims, and then she checked it. I had some, like, lavender oil that I put, essential oil, and I don't know if that's what picked it up. Oh, come but on. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be myself in this moment of being like, okay, like, you know, whatever. Let me cooperate. I was asking all the questions Good. and everything, so... 
pulled me out and I had to be, you know, that off to the section where you're just standing there with your hands spread out. So embarrassing. And so everybody's watching you. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at everybody's face right now. Like, because everyone's looking like embarrassed for me or like, oh my God, what's up with her? Because I already stand out wearing a fur jacket and a head wrap. And then to be pulled out in that way. So I was just like making eye contact. And the lady was like, you could put your hands down. I was like, no, it's okay. And she was like, you could sit down if you want to sit. No, it's okay. Like, I'm going to feel all of this that mm-hmm. people feel and make whoever wants to stare at me and make whatever judgments they have extremely uncomfortable because I'm going to look at you in your face and make you face yourself yeah. and what you're thinking. But um, it sucked. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's crazy. So it's like you're going through this extra scrutiny. You already feel insecure going to the airport because it's like, oh, all right, here we go. You know what I mean? I already know that I'm being looked at like I'm a stowaway or some shit. Like... It's just crazy. But we're going to move on to the main topic. So uh, the title of this episode is On She Goes in Reverse. So I want to talk about reverse travel. When you basically become a visitor in your own town, I kind of thought about this because my mom just left. And my mom was here in Portland for two weeks. And there's a couple of things going on, I feel like, when you have family or friends in town. And I felt like it would be a little easier on me because I have sisters in town. But, like, they did not. Like, it was fine, but, like, she stayed with me most of the time. And they would, like, kind of pick up the slack. But it was mostly, like, you know, you don't want children? (laughs) Why aren't you? You know, so it's it's like, no, just back up but and still you end up seeing the same things like over and over again I mentioned the other like earlier today that I've been to Multnomah Falls like 5,000 times because everyone that comes to visit me is from Philly we're not known for our waterfalls <laughs> so like you know if people are always like I want to see nature but they don't actually want to see nature Yeah, go to they don't want to go on a hike yeah they want to like go to like a rose garden or they want to see like Multnomah Falls and be like far enough away from it take a picture in front of it and be like alright cool let's go get some drinks yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> So, but I'm like, I've been there so many times. I've done this and I've done that. What do you guys, I wanted to see like what kind of tips you guys have. I want to know about your visiting service. I know your mom's coming soon, Madone. Like, tell, I feel like Rebecca, do people come visit? Rebecca seemed like she just liked to be alone. No. <laughs> no, um, nobody is, actually, that's not true. My brother came to visit um, for, he had a conference here. So he came to visit for a few days. We didn't do anything. We did like suburban type stuff. So we went to movies and we went to two malls. Uh, <laughs> and we like everybody that comes to visit me is like infatuated with the Burgerville that's right next to my building. Like friends <laughs> and family. Like they're just like, I want to go back to Burgerville. I'm like, is really? it the fresh ingredients? Like what, what? is it? <laughs> I made you dinner and he's like oh, okay I kind of want to go I'm just going to go to Burgerville I'll be right back so it, it hasn't really been um, like an inconvenience or anything like that I don't know I'm kind of a homebody so I don't really like going out too much so the most traveling that I, that I do within the city is when people come to visit me so. yeah that's and that's kind of my point you guys want to chime in and talk about your experiences I'll just share one thing when I was living there's a difference in who visits and how many people visits you depending on where you live. Because when I lived in L.A., everybody was trying to right. come to L.A. I'm sure the same with New York, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Portland, not as many visitors. But <laughs> um, but I do wish 
that when I was in LA, I had an excuse to ride the TMZ bus, like all those like star tours. I could never do it on my own, but I was like, if I had a little cousin or if I had somebody (laughs) that was into it, that could be my excuse to go on a TMZ bus, but. I'll go with you next time. Okay. I want to go too. Yeah. That's so funny you say no one really wants to visit Portland because my first year here I had 16 people come visit and this is from the East Coast. They had no one else to visit. I was the first one to move out of our state, out of the East Coast. So it was like back to back to back. I had like three visitors in one month and I don't have a car so it gave me a reason to go out there and see it and then kind of become this little tour guide. I think my favorite place to go is Kennedy School. It's right by the airport. It's a $5 soak. People love it because it's a converted elementary school into a brewery, bar, restaurant, and people just don't see that stuff. And maybe just my friends and I love Portland, so they love how quirky this place is and how walkable it is. And especially in the summertime, you can go do anything from hiking Multnomah Falls to like going to the coast. So I've been really lucky where people are like, I want to see Portland, Oregon, which is not what I ever expected. But maybe there's just something about the East Coast is so harsh that this is a nice vacation. And I think they know I'll be a good host. So (laughs) I'm like taking care of them. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what do you want to eat? Let's go here. Let's do that. Like I definitely make a great agenda. And then now I'm slacking because I'm like, you've you've been here. Why are you still visiting? (laughs) You don't need to come visit anywhere. I have three people coming next month. Wow. One just for a weekend, one for my birthday, and one just stopping by. But it's like free place to stay, like just hooking everyone up because we all know what it's like to be broke while traveling. So maybe that's the other thing because I'm always like, if you need a couch to stay on, like feel free. How do you not tire out? Like I feel like 16 people, I I was exhausted. And my love, my mother is, listen, my mom's the bomb. I just was so exhausted when she left. Yeah. and especially with work, too, because you're so social at work. Yeah. And then you go home and you have people you need to cater to or just talk to. Um, I definitely got burned out halfway through. There was a point where I was like, I'm not having another visitor for a whole year. But <laughs> it was learning to say no. I felt so bad when someone's like, I will buy a $600 ticket to come see you for a weekend. How could I say no? Mm-hmm. But after a while, I was like, look, it's really busy at work. You can come another time. They were, everyone's really sweet about it, but I still get tired when I have people come visit. I don't think I've mastered the balance yet. Luckily, Portland's not go, go, go. Like, yeah. every time people come visit, I definitely take a nap at some point. Like, <laughs> let's go here and then take a nap and then go out. Like, yeah, yeah I try to, like, when I have people come, because I've only had, I mean, I've only been here, you know, mm-hmm. six months officially. Oh, man. And uh, I've had my best friend come visit. She came, like, when I in my first month that mm-hmm. I moved here. And then my boyfriend's come a couple times since we're long distance. And my mom's coming in March. Um, and I should have a couple more friends coming, but I try to plan some breaks in the day, you know, like plan the schedule so they don't have to worry about it. Cause I know my friends and they're not planners. I'm so you planner. plan ahead. I plan ahead because I know my friends aren't planners. My boyfriend's horrible at planning. So <laughs> I try to plan everything out, but I plan some break time. Like let's go get coffee for an hour or two, you know, like take a break from walking. And I ask them like, Hey, is there anything in particular you want to see? Mm. And so then I'll plan that into the schedule. But if not, cause 
because a lot of times they're like, no, I just want to see Portland. Like, let me see it through your eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the worst. That's like, okay, well, then you're coming to work with me. Right. And then <laughs> we're going to go to the gym. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wonder, too, like about self-care, because you mentioned self-care when you do have people in town. And I feel like the reason why I felt so exhausted was because I did not practice self-care. And uh, I know Meron is a self-care guru. <laughs> and like, like what, like how do you, because I, I literally, I mean like to the point where I look, I feel like my skin is dry. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> I Dehydrated from talking yes. about. Oh, like, yeah. Like I, I was on, so I've been doing the Whole30 diet this month and it's like, you know, which is basically like an elimination diet, um, but you're not drinking, you're not doing anything. So it was hard sometimes to do certain stuff. Like my mom loves pho because I introduced her to pho the last time she was here. So now she always wants to get pho. I'm like, I <laughs> I can't eat pho. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. I don't know. And I'll just, like, sit there and watch her <laughs> eat. eat. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Cool. Can I get some cucumbers? Thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Yeah. Any tips? I feel like you can bring them to classes, like yoga classes, or, like, that is why I love the soaking pool. You are bringing someone to relax with you in this really funny environment, but you also can drink a Bloody Mary while you're catching up and you're paying $5. Like, it's a low-expense commitment thing to do. But I definitely find ways to add in, kind of trick my friends into, like, let's try out the float tank. Have you ever tried float tanks? And it's like, or, like, painting on find a class with like mimosas like there's always something you can do that's not exhausting but like fun and something that they haven't done before and especially because Portland's so affordable whatever you want to do in New York I'm sure Portland has it in a small way Mm -hmm. so like go explore that or go on Groupon I feel like Groupon always has really good deals (laughs) getting your nails done together it's like at least when my friends come to visit, it's catching up. It's never solely exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or bike riding in the summer. I find that to be the most relaxing thing to do in Portland. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. What you said made me think of um, my brother was just in town and he came with a friend. So that's a different experience of mm-hmm. like they had a hotel and um, they were both on like vacation mode. But it, you know, I was struggling a little bit because like the balance between doing what they want to do and what they're into and doing like what's best for you so like I've been like super chilling and like I'll go to yoga or I'll do different things and then my brother might want to like go out and like drink and do all that stuff and I'm not drinking right now so it's just like I was talking to my boyfriend about it and he was just like why don't you just pick them up and take them to a yoga class kind of show them your world a little bit even Mm -hmm. if you don't think that they would be into it kind of Mm -hmm. thing so finding that balance of like still how do you be a good host and do what you want to do and introduce them to like your world yeah that's a really good point like maintaining my own life was probably the hardest part for me and that's why it got like frustrating or stressful because I was like I can't like even when I lived in New York I would have people come visit also everyone that comes to New York wants to turn up even like my Nana like (laughs) the turn up was a little different the turn up was like in sacks but it was still a turn up up. yeah like it's still (laughs) so it's like even that like (laughs) like, (laughs) I think also I'm a type of person that really likes my alone time Mm -hmm. So it's like, and I'm not an introvert by any means, but I really appreciate being by myself. I really love that. So it's hard when you have people come to visit. And I feel like I'm also the type of person where I I, um, worry about entertaining people. 
I'm very much like, oh God, I have to like make sure they're entertained. Like, oh, are you okay? Constantly, mm-hmm. like, do you want to do something? Well, where do you want to go? And and thinking of things is hard. I probably should plan. Yeah, what I try to do is look at what's happening like local that weekend. You know, so like I'll obviously go to a few spots that I've already picked out, but I'll look up on like Portland calendars or whatever, and I'll try to pick like one or two. So then it's new for me, and for that person because it's like an event that's only happening that weekend like my friend who came the first time she came during Halloween and they're having Spirit of Halloween Town in the original Halloween Town in St. Helens and I was like oh my god we gotta go wow I didn't know that yeah yeah. and so they like it was the weekend like Marnie and them came and spoke from the movie Halloween Town it was super cool I love that movie but yeah (laughs) it was was awesome so she was like wow this is so crazy like love Portland and I was like good thing I looked at that calendar like (laughs) yeah I feel like it's also easier to host people in your hometown than it is to host people in a place that you're just like living in my hometown I'd be able to take you guys and I'd be like well this is where I grew up this is where I skinned my knee (laughs) (laughs) my eyebrow or like you know what I mean like it would be like a because it's more of a personal tour like I want to go to the Jewel Osco that Rebecca used to ride her bike to growing up like you know what I mean like it's just more of a this is my atmosphere. I have a story. Mm-hmm. I have the opposite Connection. feeling, actually. Because, like, I guess because I grew up in, like, true suburbia in Houston. Like, true, true. Like, and I feel like my neighborhood gets old quick. It's like, yep, there's the ditch. There's my high school. There's the ditch. <laughs> house. And it's now a park. But, like, it used to be called the ditch. There's a story there. It's a long story. But <laughs> point is, I feel like in my hometown, like, shit gets old quick in Houston. Whereas, like, here... Since I'm so excited to still be learning about Portland, I love it when someone comes to visit because it gives me an excuse to be a tourist in my own town and like, ooh, let's go somewhere I haven't been yet. And granted, I've been here a lot less time than all y'all, so I'm sure that'll wear off probably <laughs> eventually. But right now, I really enjoy it. Yeah. One, one of the tips that I saw online was um, to do, if you are like in your a town that you are not necessarily from, was to do like a famous person's tour. Mm-hmm. Like, so for example, like Madonna, you're from the Bay, you do like an E40 tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's this amazing. is where, yeah, like this is where Mac Dre and all of them used to hang out or whatever. Like, that kind of like, it's because it's like eventful for yourself. Like, you could probably do the Beyonce Knowles Destiny oh, yeah. Child. But Knowles that, family that tour. is a little scary. Let me tell you, Houston, and that's the thing too, because like Houston is such a big city, and like where Beyonce's from, people like don't think about this, but like she is like truly from like the sketchiest part of town. Oh, she's like, from the hood. It is from like people don't think because she's so glamorous. No, she is from the hood. Like she <laughs> is truly like from the hood. Like Third Ward is not somewhere you drive around. Because yeah, and that house in the grown woman video shot. looks nice. That's as where Paul Wall is from, and like Slim Thug. Yeah, no, oh, it is scary. And GK right? Yeah. There are cool parts of Houston, but there's also really scary parts. So little like I always take people when um when people come visit me in Philly or if I go to Philly with people, I'll I'll take them to like um like by the creative performing arts high school. I'm like this is where Boyce to Men and Bruce <laughs> and this is where like, you know, Black Thought met Amir Questlove. Like you know what I mean? Like I'll like tell them so like this is, you know, Amela Rowe in here and she went to prom with Questlove and like I'll give them like that kind of tour. I feel that like is in really Portland cool. it's hard to do that. If anything, so I reference people. Portlandia the most. Yes. I'm like, yeah. this is where Portlandia filmed that one chicken scene and they're like, Oh, you're right. <laughs> that one chicken scene. <laughs> I also preface with Portland every time I'm like this is not a city made for tourism. Like, mm-hmm. don't come in here thinking that I have all these, other than Powell Bookstore, which I 
don't love going into. Yeah. It's nothing here was built for tourism. Mm, so that's true. when people do come visit, I say that and they think I'm joking, but by day two, I'm like, you've seen all of Portland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have <laughs> done but it all. They also love it for that because then they're like, cool, now we can just hang out. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. I never even thought about Portland not being made for tourism per se, like being kind of just like this insular city. I did the, like when my cousin Carla came in the summer, she came for her birthday. So I was like, okay, it's two things I know about Carla. <laughs> I know that she uh, likes to partake in a little totage, <laughs> which means she likes to smoke weed. And that she likes to, she wants to have a good time. She wants to go out, she wants to drink, she wants to be around people. She kind of likes to party because she doesn't really get to party. But I did something a little different where I kind of gave her the hippie tour. Mm. So, like, I kind of, like, we went to the nude beach and, like, you know, like, we did go to the dispensary and stuff. But I kind of gave her, like, the hippie side of Portland, you know. And she liked it. Like, let's do the opposite of what you're used to. Now, like, my list of things are, like, very minimal. It's, like, it's like little things that are going to excite you. Like, I'm going to take you shopping because there's no tax. Mm. My mom could not get enough of the Lloyd Center Mall. <laughs> I love that mall. She I was really, she was, I think, I don't know. I'm just like, uh. You got your extracurricular activities, just, like, walking around. There's the skating rink, which is open, like, year-round. That's and true. then, like, you can people watch, you can eat. There's a college upstairs, like up There's, upstairs. Yeah, she was so, oh, she was like, yeah. I need to look at the Lloyd Center business model. <laughs> like the fact that they had the college is so smart. And like, there's one store that's, it's not a store anymore, but now there's like bingo. Like there's oh. like old, like bingo for people could go in there and play bingo. What yeah. night? I don't know. But like, I think I plan at least one thing a day, depending how many, how long they're staying, just to give it structure. But then I definitely freestyle it for the rest of the time and catering my agenda for the person, kind of like how your friend is a partier, but you're like, let's switch it up. It's really fun to cater it to who they are. Or like, I have two friends coming to visit together. So it's nice to have a dynamic where I don't constantly have to be the only person talking. Right. Mm-hmm. I need to know more of the places that you take people because yeah. I forgot about Kennedy School. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I will share this list with you. Okay. I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. Nice. We'll share the list on the podcast, like on the podcast page. We'll have both of you guys a uh, list of places. Any other tips? Do you have any self-care tips for when you have visitors just all up in your space? Oh, my God. I live in a studio, so Same. I feel like it's boundaries. Like, I mean, part of what helps me is that I have like certain things, like a morning practice that I do, and I know that that helps me get centered just mm-hmm. on my day-to-day, but especially when you're sharing energy with other people and when it's family because it's just like family expects different things from you, especially based on like who they know you to be. So it doesn't matter how old you are or <laughs> where you are. I know yeah, my mom wanted to come. She was trying to come last fall, and I was traveling a lot for work. So I ended up buying her a ticket, so I controlled how long she was going to be here. <laughs> That's the key. That's a good tip. Volunteer to buy the ticket. Yeah, right. <laughs> so she'll be here. Like, she gets in on Friday afternoon and leaves on Monday morning. So it's easy to take one day off and, like, fully yeah. be present in that time. And mm-hmm. then I was telling her how I was doing a lot of stuff around the house. And she loves to shop, especially for, like, home decor stuff. So she, it got her really excited. So, like, this trip is going to be, like, there's one place she wants to go. So we'll go do that. But it'll be like shopping for things for the house. And so she gets to kind of put her fingerprint on it. And That's stuff, cute. So. That's good. Yeah. But my mom's actually, when she comes, she booked herself um, her own Airbnb and stuff just because she like, my mom's like super like, I don't want to step on your toes. Mm-hmm. I made sure, though, that she was close, that like she's walking distance or like she can use my car to drive over to my spot because like 
her place is only like 10 blocks from my place. But like, I was like, I want you for your own benefit to like have your own space. Cause my studio is like literally, it's crowded with my boyfriend's there. Like that's how small yeah. it is. My mom, you're lucky. Cause my mom was like, I'm moving in with my boyfriend very soon. And my mom's like, okay, so when that happens, where am I going to stay? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Cause I've had my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad each visit on their own before, and each trip was so different based on what they wanted to do. Like, oh, yeah. We went, my brother and I went to a Blazers game, and then, like, my sister and I went, like, it was in the summertime, so we went to three pools in Detroit, oh, Oregon, and, yeah. like, nice. was out in nature like that. And my mom really liked going to um, a play. And my dad, he, um, he, he was just chilling. Like, he found his, like neighborhood bar and then mm. he was just off on his own just kicking <laughs> it with people yeah dads friends. don't usually need much dads no. are usually like oh my dad I'm is good. such an introvert like my dad if my dad ever visited it would just be him hanging out with me at my apartment like that would be he'd just be like Aww. i wanted to see you like he wouldn't mm. want to see portland yeah. he literally would just want to like see me and that's yeah. it mine I've, likes to be around people i've had planned a whole day but was too hungover to actually do my plans and this has happened three times bless my friends who know me so well that they went to go get me an egg sandwich yeah. <laughs> like get I can't move like this is it so if you need a hangover plan I got that for you too so we put out a call on our social asking for tips uh, for how people deal with visitors and stuff. And what is the tip? So Kimberly thinks said, uh, definitely ask the visitors for some of their top wishes and schedule based on time and price knowledge. Use what you know to make wise decisions when it comes to tourist traps and eat some meals at home. Um, mm. Maybe local takeout or cooked with local ingredients and it still makes it a part of the vacation experience. Um, she also said schedule time off and shifts with other friends or family members so you don't have to use all of your vacation time and keep a list of fun activities that a guest can undertake on their own. Mm, Dang, that's that's a, those tip. are Kimberly. great tips. Yes. Uh, great. Who is that from? Kimberly Thinks. Kimberly Thinks. Cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, Thanks, Kimberly. Really it's the same thing for like um, what she said about meals in the house and not getting stuck into tourist traps. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big thing. Because oh, you'll yeah. end up spending so much money eating out. And you're you're like, tasty tasty eight times. Yeah. yeah. I think also, uh, to something to add on that is make your own budget for their visit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because then it's be like when people want to go shopping, like, you're, it's almost like you're on a trip, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spending money out eating and shopping and stuff. It almost becomes like a staycation. Oh, definitely. So it's like... I mean, I take a day off sometimes, so it is a staycation for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. Please always feel free to write us. We're going to start posting um, some questions and stuff that we want to talk about on our um, social channels like the week before our podcast records. So feel free to write us, DM us at OnSheGoes, and also feel free to email us at hello at OnSheGoes.com. Anybody else want to add anything? Just no? thank you for having me. This yeah, is so fun. Oh, yeah, us. of course. We'll have you back. It was good times. And uh, if you guys have any tips or anything like that that you want to share, feel free to still share them on our social. Maybe we can uh, shout you out. And that's it. Thanks. <laughs>